ladies and gentlemen, it is a huge day in America. It is a huge victory for the right to life and all of us who have been praying so hard for years and years and decades and decades and praying for the right to life for our unborn babies. The Supreme Court has overturned Roe versus Wade. Hi, I'm Julie Barrett, and you're listening to the Woman's Blaining Podcast. I am also the founder of Conservative Ladies of Washington. We are an organization of like-minded ladies in the state of Washington. We are fighting hard for the things that women and conservatives here in Washington and around the country care most about, like the right to life and protecting our unborn children, the Second Amendment, just to name a couple of things that we work hard to fight for for the citizens of Washington state. We're also working hard to educate citizens and voters so they really know what's going on in our state. And as I've mentioned on previous podcasts, we are expanding to a national platform later this summer. Uh, Conservative Ladies of America will go live in a, a few weeks, and we're really excited about that and really excited to expand our reach to conservative ladies and men all across the country. So stay tuned for more on that. Today is a huge day. It's been an amazing week for the right to life, protecting our Second Amendment rights. The Supreme Court has truly done an amazing job of upholding the Constitution. I think it's really important for us to reflect back on the 2016 election. The biggest thing for Christians during that election was the right to life and the abortion issue and Roe v. Wade because we knew that Donald Trump or whoever the president would become was going to have an opportunity to appoint at least a couple of judges to the Supreme Court. And many Christians voted for for Trump, even though they may not have wanted to, they voted for him because he did say many times that he would protect the unborn and that he was pro-life. And so he got the Christian vote because he was pro-life. And as we know, Hillary is absolutely pro-choice. She is absolutely for all kinds of guardrails coming off of abortion and making it very easy and accessible at all stages of pregnancy. So it's really something that we have to look back on and see that President Trump's role in the makeup of the Supreme Court. He appointed three Supreme Court justices during his presidency, and that is huge. We had a 6-3 decision here, and three of those judges were Trump-appointed justices. So this is huge, and it's a huge thank you to President Trump. And I always believed, and I know there are a lot of other Christians who also believe that God took a man like Donald Trump, who seemed the least likely to be a person that would protect the unborn. I mean, knowing Trump just as a celebrity from The Apprentice, as a New York businessman, I think that most of us looked at him and saw a very flawed human being, as we all are. But I don't think we ever would have pictured Donald Trump being the guy that we would be looking at and seeing how God used him in such a mighty way for not just protecting the right to life, but many other issues and values that we as conservatives and certainly as Christians care about deeply. So a huge thank you, President Trump. 
it's going to be really interesting to see how these recent decisions are going to impact his potential run and candidacy for a 2024 presidency. So we will see about that. So Roe v. Wade has been overturned. What does that mean? A lot of people think, hooray, hooray, it is finished. The fight is over. We have we have won. Sadly, that's not the case. This is a huge victory. This is a huge time for us to celebrate. But the fight is not over. This decision basically turns the abortion issue back to the states. It's not a, it just says that the Constitution does not give Americans the right to an abortion. It's not in the Constitution, um, which was in the original decision. Um, there was a lot of controversy around the fact that it wasn't actually in the Constitution. And so the, that original ruling was never a constitutional ruling. So people for decades have been waiting for this moment for it to get overturned and for the Constitution to be upheld. So what does this do? It returns decision making back to the states. If you live in a state like Washington, California, New York, Vermont, these blue states that have really um, robust, I'm going to say, pro-abortion laws here in Washington, our state legislature passed House Bill 1851 during the 2022 session, which is the Abortion Access Care Act. I might be saying it wrong, but it's it expanded the right to an abortion. It, it expanded on the providers who were able to legally perform an abortion. So even I believe nurse practitioners now can even perform an abortion. It also gave extra funding for abortion. It provided for pregnant persons to get abortions. So they changed the language while they were in there doing this bill to take out the word woman and put in persons. So it's been interesting also to watch on social media some of these leftist leaders that come out and they they'll they kind of mix up their words right they'll say that this is a win for women and healthcare for women and then they kind of revert back to persons and using their politically correct leftist language if you watch that you'll catch it um but it's funny because they don't how do we define a woman so i always ask that when they start using the word woman oh well what what is a woman um it's interesting to throw their own garbage back at them and and ask them to explain it. But here in Washington, it won't change anything. We all we already have um, very abortion friendly laws in our state. And so nothing for these states will change. What this will do is it will give states, I would say red states, it will give them the ability to strengthen their abortion laws if that's what they want. Like in Texas, you have the heartbeat laws. Now, let's think back to, I don't know, 20 years ago when we weren't killing babies at birth. We weren't doing these post-birth abortions like is becoming pretty common now. Many states have a post-birth abortion law. California has, I don't know if it actually got passed. Um, I did an episode on it a couple months back, but there was a, a bill going through the California state legislature that would have allowed for post-birth abortions. So we have come a long way from safe, legal, and rare. And many of the pro-choice people are for abortion, but they're also for guardrails on abortion. They don't think that a woman should be able to get an abortion at any time for any reason. They believe that abortion should be 
used in rare circumstances when really there's no other option. So it's not widely accepted by the masses that abortion should be just a free-for-all and have no guardrails on it, no precautions. But this is in leftist states. If you want to give healthcare reproductive justice to women, you have to just allow them to kill their baby whenever they want. If it's in the womb, if it's, you know, 30 weeks gestation, if it's after birth, they don't care. They have no regard for human life. And so when you have people who are saying, well, the red wave is doomed now because this isn't a winning issue. I disagree with that because if we're speaking the truth about what this decision means, it doesn't mean that abortion is illegal in the United States. It isn't even illegal in any state. Every state, you will be able to get an abortion. Some states that will be easier and longer than others, such as Washington. You'll be able to come to Washington and get your abortion whenever you want. There are even states like Washington and California who will provide funding for people in other states to come here and get an abortion. And we're going to see a lot more of that. That's going to be a tactic that the left is going to use now with this decision. Their whole thing is to scare people into believing that the Republicans, people on the right, are going to completely take away a woman's right to get an abortion. Now, as much as I would like to see abortion be completely illegal, I don't see that happening in my lifetime. And so that is why this continues to be a fight. But we are going to have states that will continue to pass very abortion-friendly laws. And so I say to those people that want what they are calling reproductive justice, great, then go live in places like Washington. Don't go to a place like Texas or Florida or Missouri and try to change it with your pro-choice stand. Go somewhere that believes the way you believe. And I hope, it's my hope that we're going to see more of this uh, sort of separation of people going to places that share their values. And, you know, you see a mass exodus from places like Washington and California, and you see people leaving there, going to red states where they have government that shares their values. So it'll be interesting to see what happens during this election season. I don't believe that it's a losing issue. I believe very much that if we can use this as a time to educate people, that we're actually going to pull some of those old school JFK Democrats over to the right because they do believe that there should be safeguards. And even with, you know, like the Texas heartbeat law, uh, once a heartbeat can be t detected, you, you know, can't get an abortion. So it's educating people about what this decision actually means and what the laws are in different states. And, you know, like I said, our fight is not over, especially here in Washington. Dialing back, reining in some of these laws that are, in my opinion, completely out of control is going to be a big challenge here in Washington and, and other of these deep blue states that have been, you know, in Democrat control for so long. It's going to be a huge challenge just to get a Republican majority. And the, then even once you do have that, 
it's getting all of the Republicans who will vote for new laws that change some of the existing laws. So it's a long process. But if you look at Roe v. Wade is 50 years old and here we are 50 years later and it's finally being overturned, I think that one of the most exciting things about this decision is that people have been praying for this for so long and people have been working so hard to inform people and educate people about the pro-life movement and here we are finally seeing a victory and so it's a victory that motivates us to you know what God is listening. God is answering our prayers. So we're going to keep praying. We're going to double down. We're going to go into these deep blue God forsaken states and try to spread the word and try to reach these mothers who don't feel like they have any other option. I mean, I, I, I think that one of the biggest disservices that, that we do with all of these abortion access laws is that we're not helping these women who are having abortions. What happens after the abortion? You know, I think that's a huge emotional piece of this that we're not even paying attention to. That is compassion, is helping these ladies who have had abortions and not judging them, you know, for those of us who are on the pro-life side, taking these women who may have had an abortion and feel like they can't talk to us because we might judge them. We have to give them grace and compassion because I can only imagine... Now, I've never had an abortion, so I don't know firsthand, but I can only imagine that there would be a lot of pain around that. Um, There would be some emotional scars, some trauma that one would go through through that process, because not only do you have the physical pain of it, but you also have the mental and the emotional scarring from a procedure like an abortion. I mean, I think most people have a conscience and they understand that they just killed an unborn baby, a developing child in their womb. That child was a piece of them. And so how do we help those women who have gone through this and are having, you know, maybe it was 10 years ago, maybe it was 40 years ago. And women don't forget, we don't forget these things. And I don't see that the people on the left actually care about that piece of it. And so that for us on the pro pro life side of this, it's really important that we we do show compassion and that we are caring and that we're not judging these women who have had abortions in the past and that we're just loving on them and helping them through that. I think that's the best thing that we can do. Uh, one of the best things that we can do because we have such a huge opportunity to win souls for Christ. I mean, that's the for me, that's the purpose of my existence. And if I can show love to a woman and, and who's had an abortion and she feels like somehow I gave her hope and, and, you know, on a path to healing, that is huge. And so I encourage you to seek out um, some of these pro-life pregnancy resource Uh, centers. And I know most of them also deal with helping women who have had an abortion and giving them some sort of counseling and, and resources and tools and things like that. We are putting together a list. Um, One of my, one of the gals that's a member of conservative ladies of Washington is very involved in 40 days for life. And she is putting together a resource of pregnancy 
centers around the state of Washington. Uh, I don't know if we're going to be able to make this a nationwide thing. That would be really cool if we could. But we'll definitely cover Washington. It will have a, a listing of resources that have been fully vetted by our team where you can donate money. You can volunteer. We will try to give a thorough listing of what type of volunteer opportunities are available at each of these places. But for instance, I was talking to one of my members today and she owns or she, she runs a pregnancy resource place over in Spokane, which is Eastern Washington called Covenant Homes and Resources. And it's a home for pregnant mothers where they can come and live and have meals and pregnancy care and, and everything that they need, clothing, shelter, food. And it's all by, you know, funded by donors. And she was saying, we need all kinds of help. We need office clerical help. We need social media help. We need people who are willing to come in and be mentors for these women. So all kinds of different, you know, from if you can just do some kind of help on social media, or if you want to go in and actually be talking to these ladies and helping them that way, all of these places are going to have different types of opportunities for people at various levels of volunteers. So please, I, of course, I will share once that is live and active. But in the meantime, I would suggest, you know, go out on the Internet and search up pregnancy resource centers near me and you can find a place where you can donate dollars or you can donate your time. Both of those are huge. But this is one of the biggest things that we can do because this is, you know, the enemy is pissed. And we are going to see a huge backlash from this. I think there are a lot of riots planned. I'm As I'm recording, it's, it's Friday afternoon. So several hours after about, I don't know, six hours after this decision was released. I am sure that there are violent protests and riots going on already across the country. We are going to see these pregnancy resource centers attacked and vandalized and a lot of um, violent activities. So we're going to need to support them. We are going to need to double down in prayer for, obviously, for these six justices. Um, pray for their safety, pray for their families, pray for the people that are protecting them, that they will be safe. Just pray a hedge of protection around these Supreme Court justices, all nine of them. We want to pray for all of them, but specifically the six that are going to be coming under ferocious attack. We need to be praying for these pregnancy resource centers and that God would use them mightily during this time, that they would be blessed with an abundance of donations and volunteers. This is how we give women the opportunity and the resources that they need to be able to choose life. And I think that that's part of the problem is that we have as a society, we've told women, well, there is no help for you. The only thing that you can do, the help is in the way of an abortion and we'll give you all the help you need to get rid of that baby instead of giving the other option. So that's my uh, idea for you on how you can help out. Now, I want to switch gears just a little bit here to what the left is doing in response to this. Here in Washington state, we have our King County Executive uh, Dow Constantine. Now, King County, if you're not in Washington, King County is the Seattle area. So super, super liberal. It's our worst county in the state. Our county executive has decided to give $1 million in emergency funding to help women in the state of Washington and outside the state of Washington pay for abortions. I'm going to read you some of his tweets. And of course, I will put them 
in the notes so you can go look for yourself. This morning, he says, healthcare providers and public health leaders are bracing for an influx of people traveling to Washington State and King County to obtain an abortion. That's why today I'm announcing $1 million in emergency funding to bolster and our response and live up to our values. First, I'm partnering with the chair and asking the King County Council to authorize $500,000 to be allocated directly to the NWAA Fund, an organization dedicated to helping people secure abortion care in the Pacific Northwest. I will also authorize $500,000 for an emergency fund at King County Public Health to ensure sure our local health care system is able to respond to the surge we know is coming. It is clear that the court's sinister decision will not actually stop abortions from happening. It will rather take us back to a time when abortions were not safe. He continues, my administration will continue to support providers, public health workers, women, trans and non-binary people, and families to ensure that King County remains a safe and welcoming place to access abortion care, family planning services, and the right to privacy. I welcome partnership and collaboration from my fellow elected leaders and community advocates as we navigate and respond to the impacts of this anti-American and dangerous decision. We are going to see this type of thing happening all over in massive numbers in these blue cities and states. They have been waiting for this. They have been ready for this response. I think it's, I'm assuming they're using taxpayer dollars for this emergency uh, funding. I also want to read you a, a tweet from Representative Eric Swalwell of California. He's always a real treat. He said today, today it's government mandated pregnancy. Tomorrow, it's a ban on contraceptions. This is an attack on everyone's freedom. The votes of six justices can be overwhelmed by the votes of millions of Americans asserting our own constitutional power. Organize, march, vote. There have been Democratic leaders all over the country saying similar things. They have been requesting people to organize and protest. And some of them have even been inciting violence, uh, including uh, Maxine Waters. She is a real treat. I'm going to play you a clip of her this morning out on the streets in front of the Supreme Court. You see this turnout here? You ain't seen nothing yet. Women are going to control their bodies no matter how they try and stop us. The hell with the Supreme Court. We will defy them. Women will be in control of their bodies. And if they think black women are intimidated or afraid, they got another thought coming. Black women will be out in droves. We will be out by the thousands. We will be out by the millions. We're going to make sure we fight for the right to control our own bodies. Thank you. Hello, everybody. You know darn well, if that was someone on the right, they would be calling it insurrection. They would be arrested. They would be in jail. There would be no bail. They'd have to make a special committee. But no, people on the left, Maxine Waters and AOC and the likes, they're able to go out and incite violence like this and say to hell with the Supreme Court. And it's totally fine. We're going to see a lot more of this, you guys, in the days and weeks ahead. And I am, you know, if you think back to like the riots in the summer of 2020, I think we're going to see something similar. Um, So I think we need to be praying 
Uh, I think we need to be safe. We need to be smart. Stay out of the city for crying out loud. I certainly won't be going near Seattle anytime soon. Uh, I think the fact that they released the decision on the Second Amendment yesterday was brilliant before the releasing the opinion on uh, Roe v. Wade. I think if you are not already exercising your Second Amendment, now would be a really good time to go take some gun safety classes and get yourself a firearm and learn how to use it and how to protect yourself, your family, and your homestead. So all in all, though, it's a really good day. This is a huge victory, a huge reason for us to celebrate. And so please take this time to celebrate. But also, I just want to make sure that we're not sitting back and resting on our laurels and thinking, awesome, praise Jesus, we did it. Nope, there's still a lot of work ahead. There's still a long way to go with protecting the lives of our unborn children. They need our voices. They need our prayers. And we can't stop fighting. Thank you so much for listening. I would love it if you would share this podcast. If you haven't taken the time to rate it yet, would you please do me a favor and do that? That would be really helpful. If you have a topic you'd like me to talk about in a future episode, I'd love to hear from you. All of my contact info is in the notes, and I look forward to seeing you again next time. 